At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for hanging out here with me. I do appreciate it. I wasn't expecting to do an episode this quickly after the last episode of House of L, but I got some really good feedback from people inside the industry. If you were listening to the last episode, I try to leave you some breadcrumbs about some things that I'm concerned about happening and I think are already starting to happen inside the sports media industry. And I'm not alone in it. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't want this podcast to turn into like I'm on some lone wolf <laughs> tin hat type stuff. You can follow up on everything that I said and you can find both written pieces and podcasts. Uh, I highly recommend the Lebitard Big Suey episode that has John Skipper explaining a lot of this stuff because that was really when alarm bells started to go off for me when him and David Sampson were discussing some of the issues with Sinclair and RSNs and spending in sports media overall. So I wanted to kind of update you and give you um, give you some, some more stuff of what was kind of going on afterwards. Like I, I talked with a few friends in the industry some of them share my concerns. Some of them think that uh, alarmist is not the right word. They are more optimistic than I am about some of these issues, which honestly gave me a little bit of hope because the people who are optimistic about it are a little bit more tapped in than I am and smarter <laughs> than I am. So that made me feel a lot better about things. But I'm still worried because I kind of worry. And I realize now that some of the advice that I gave was more reactive. And although, I mean, it was proactive, but it's something that people should be thinking about anyway. And it's the idea of saving money so that you have a cash on hand, six-month fund, all of that stuff, war chest for negotiations. I have friends that have gone through negotiations lately, and it's much better to negotiate from a place of strength where you're not counting on the negotiation to go well to get your next paycheck because you already have a little bit of money in the bank. So I I never think that it's a bad idea to tell people to save money. It's a very conservative viewpoint, <laughs> like super. And I mean that's kind of how I was raised. But I explained it. If you go, if you stop right now and go back to the last episode, 
then you'll understand kind of where we're coming from. But if you if you want to just hang out and listen to this episode, I'm totally okay with that too. Um, but I did want to offer something because I ran into a colleague and honestly, like a mentor and a friend this weekend, and he had listened to the episode and he was like, "Hey, you all right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm totally okay," and I'm in a really good position to weather pretty much anything that happens unless it's cataclysmic. And obviously then all of us are screwed except for those of us that are at the top, top, top of the profession. But I wanted to relay some of that conversation that I had and I can, I can name this person like it's not like a secret. I went to go work out at the gym Long story short, like, I've been having back problems since Christmas. And when I was in Arizona, like, you know, getting that that, the vitamin D and being in the sun, like, helped me. I got a massage, and I was able to start, like, stretching and stuff again. So I started working out again. And Saturday, back here, I went to the gym. The gym is in the building where the score is. And as I was finishing up, I walk out and there's Steve Rosenblum because he was getting ready to do his show. And I had the opportunity. I I don't know how many people know this, but you should go back and listen to the episode that I did with Steve Rosenblum. Uh, he's literally one of my favorite people. Uh, I consider him a mentor. We joke that he's Chance the Rabbi. I call him my rabbi. If I have industry stuff that I want to work through, he's the type of person that I can work through him with. He has also given us some some of the best advice that you can have as a journalist, and that's the concept of follow the money. He's big on that. So we were talking about it, and he he had said to me, he said, all right, like I hear you. I hear, I think that you're right. I, I see your point of view. What would you tell someone who is looking to get into the business right now? What advice would you give your own students? And I said, you know what? That's an excellent. I texted him some of the stuff that I'm going to tell you. Uh, But it's a good idea to put this stuff out into the ether in case you are someone who's new in the business or one of my former students or upcoming students. Or if you're like, well, are you offering any sort of solutions? I don't have a ton of them, but I do have some ideas. So shout out to Rosie for helping me formulate that I needed to do another pod and talk some of this stuff through and help me kind of crystallize. Like my first impulse, like while we were sitting there talking and I'm like all hopped up off of adrenaline and stuff. And um, I said to him, well, obviously, some of the things that I think are important are to diversify. I feel like that's a big deal. Like, everyone is everything. You can't just walk into this industry anymore and say, I'm blank. Like, I, I can't say I'm just a radio guy. Like, in my heart. Obviously, I think that's probably what I'm best at. Although I really thought that I crushed it with my mock draft on NBC Sports Chicago on Friday. Can't tell me nothing. Um, but that's that's home base. 
I can write, I can do TV. Obviously, I have a podcast company, which I'll get to in a minute. But I do think that diversifying your skill set, and I know that that sounds like corporate speak, but it's true. If you work in this industry, and let's say that you were someone that wanted to be on television, well, guess what? You're probably going to have a rate. Everyone I know that does television has some sort of radio or podcast component. Like, think about the ESPN people. Like, let's just use them as an example. Stephen A. Smith does a podcast with Odyssey. It's really weird. And I'm honestly like, wait, why didn't ESPN build him a podcast? That's another episode for another day. But everyone over there has some sort of other component. Matt Bowen does radio. Obviously, with us here at the score, which is great for us. Courtney Cronin does local stuff. I was just texting with her. She she has her radio hits with 1,000. Everyone there. Greeny has his radio show. So you see what I'm saying? Like, everyone has something else. You also should be able to write. And you should be looking at different ways that if you don't want to write game stories, you can write commentary. I have a column now, but that's only because I had proven at least to enough of an extent that people would give me a chance. And one of the people who gave me a chance to write, by the way, was Steve Rosenblum. I used to fill in for him when he was writing at the Red Eye. Remember the Red Eye? So... You need to be able to do all of this stuff. You need to be comfortable in different places. You need to be comfortable in front of the camera and behind the microphone. And when you're on a podcast and when you're asked to write 500 words, summarizing what it is that you're talking about or what event that you covered, that's key. It makes you really versatile. makes you a little harder to lay off or fire, too. Because if you can do all that stuff and you are... um, if you can put added value to yourself, I, I think that that's key. So I kind of went off on that part of it, and then I was, I was driving away. I thought about more stuff that I want people to know, and so I told Rosie this, and so I'll break it down for you in some of the pieces that I think are, are valuable if you want to not just weather the storm, but I also think build something. I'm very big into ownership of things. Look, I work for a big box. I work for multiple big box media companies. I work for the Sun-Times. I work for the Score. I work for NBC. But five years ago, I launched this. I, I launched House of L. And if you're just starting out, I highly recommend launching your own media company. And now I know that that sounds like that sentence sounds bigger than it actually is. But it's not. Every single person within the sound of my voice can very easily start their own media company. What I mean is, whatever it is that you think that you're super skilled to do, if you're a writer, you should start a sub stack. 
and it should be your content. If you're someone who likes doing podcasts, you should start your own podcast is actually pretty easy. Making money off of it is not easy, but having something that is yours, having ownership of it is key. That's what you want. And part of, part of the reason that I bring up like creating a Substack or starting a podcast or a YouTube channel I don't really utilize House of L's YouTube channel. I probably should, but I have so much other stuff to do, and I haven't figured out a quick way to process and edit video with the schedule that I have. Maybe that's something I'll work on inside of the new year. But if you're a YouTube, if you have a YouTube channel, all of that stuff, those are all reps. And what used to happen, there was this big discussion on Twitter. I think it was Alana Rizzo who brought up the concept of how broke she was when she started out in the business. And a lot of people, myself included, uh, kind of use that as a badge of honor when the truth is that in many cases we were being exploited, we were working for free. I personally still think there's value to internships, but I completely understand anyone who can't take an internship because you don't because you got to eat <laughs> like you got to eat you got to pay the rent all of that stuff if you are lucky enough or privileged enough to be able to take internships so like I took internships but I had other jobs and the other jobs were able to pay the expenses so that I could go work and in fact at the end I I think that my internship at WMAQ I'm you know I'm sure of it was paid it wasn't a lot of money, but it was enough money for me to put gas in my my 89 Civic or whatever it was. When it was 91 Civic. In my 91 Civic, man, back then, this is what, 1995? Used to go to Indiana because it was real cheap to go to Indiana off the toll road back then. Gas was like 80, was it 79 cents a gallon? You go to Indiana? Fill my tank for like $10. Those were the days. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Anyway, that ownership aspect of this, to me, is really important. You have something. It's It works on a couple different levels. One, you're owning this piece of the landscape your podcast your Substack, your youtube channel i also think that if you are someone who is good at editing 
whether we're talking audio or video, that you should also start a company. You can start an S corporation. You can start up an LLC. If you have friends who are lawyers, and you might because you're in college and you know people who know people, it's not that expensive to start an S corp or an LLC. Like, for example, my guys that do sports adjacent, they have an LLC. Russ and Jason Leisure. I think it's really smart. Um, House of L is House of L Inc. Like, it's an actual company. It's not just what I call the podcast. But that way, you have control over at least some piece of ground inside the industry. I joke all the time that I own a small media company. I do. Like I'm sitting here right now in front of my checkbook. Like I'm talking with my accountant about how much money we spent. We actually had a really good year. Mainly because I don't have to worry about the revenue that's generated for House of L. Like it's extra and I use it for projects to work on things and to put money into smart people's pockets that want to use my podcast as a platform to do stuff. And I still look at that as like a, I think it's a win-win. Like it's, it gives me an opportunity to find new talent or help grow new talent. And it gives them an opportunity because of you, because of the listenership, they know that they have a built-in audience to play with. But I have friends around the country that have their own sub stack. And I think that that's really smart, too. If you're a writer and you've got a lot of stuff that you want to try to put out there, put it out there. But, and put it out there yourself, publish. Um, I know that that was kind of a craze. If we go back to like 2007, uh, self-publish, self-publish. But now there really are the means to do it. And you can combine all of this stuff, too. It doesn't have to just be one modality. You could have your sub stack that also happens to have a podcast. And, oh, by the way, it has a video component to it. The main reason that I offer it up as a solution is not the right word, but as a way to stem the tide here as media morphs and changes, big box media morphs and changes, and it will continue to do so for a couple of reasons. One, it's multiple revenue streams. I'm big into this. That's why I have 100 jobs, because I like the idea of multiple revenue streams. That if... If one faucet cuts off, there's other stuff that's happening. There's other money that's coming in. And this isn't isn't a get-rich thing. For me, it's the peace of mind of knowing that House of L, Inc. is solvent, that if we have a project that we want to do, I can pay someone to do it. I can pay someone to do a podcast. I'm very proud that that Joe Brand and Connor McKnight are doing as well as they're doing because they had a baseball podcast on House of L. And I was able to pay those dudes to do it. 
I, I'm still looking for – I'm always kind of looking for talent that fits and trying to figure out how much money I can pay, that sort of thing, to bring people in. But it's your piece of property, and it's a, an income stream that is within your control. Like I know, and I, it's probably something that I'll do more of in 2023 – I know that if I do more pods, I'll in, the pod will make more money. But I've been trying to figure out like my life schedule with a four-hour radio show every day instead of a two-hour radio show, and I think I've finally gotten the balance down. Like the trip to Arizona actually did a lot of good for me because it made me focus on how every morning should go and how it's changed since June. And I had my routine down with a noon show, and there's a lot of stuff that can be done before noon that just can't be done before 10. So now I think I've got that thing figured out, which means I still have, I have figured out how to allocate my time towards Sun-Times and doing House of L stuff. So... Having something that's yours and no one can take away from you is also significant. I'm not kidding when I say that House of L was built partially because I wanted a place to be in case I was done with the score and the score was done with me or the score was done with me. I literally have a place where if I, I want to get some thoughts off about Ed Reed and what happened at Bethune Cookman, or if I want to do a podcast about Loki, I have the space that I can do that now. And I know that there's at least partially an audience that is willing to take the ride with me on some of these subjects. It's important. Having your own space is important. There is an empowering element to it, too, where you don't feel like. You only have so much time on the air or in print or online. You can just kind of do your own thing and make it whatever it is that you want. The industry will contract. It'll expand. It depends on where you are in your career timeline on what the benefit of that is for you. For me... Having a place to call my own, having an opportunity to build whatever I want to build inside of it. Like, I love that if I want, I can call Joe Cowley and be like, hey, do you want to do a podcast on Madden ratings and the game? And he'll be like, yep. And I can pay him for it. Like, that, that, that shit to me is really, really important. And it's funny because I didn't realize it at the time. When I started House of L, for those of you who don't know the story, I started it as a project in graduate school at Alabama. I was in an entrepreneurial journalism class, and I had been thinking about doing a pod, and this gave me the opportunity to do it for class credit, and then I was able to take it and uh, turn it into what it is today, which we really thank you if you're someone who subscribes to this podcast we have, I think, over 1,300 
reviews. Guess what? We need more. Like, give us five-star reviews. It's strange, but it actually helps with placement and stuff. Like, we do well. Like, I'm not saying we're we're not out here with a cup, but it's helpful when you write a review. The more reviews, the more five-star reviews we can get, the better. Cool? Cool. All right, let me see if there's anything else left that I I texted chance the rabbi when talking about this yeah the revenue streams that don't have to be big box media um i i think you can do whatever combination you're comfortable with i live in this world i live in the world where i work for big box media and i'm able to cobble together a couple different things and for the most part like when it comes to what I'm doing with the Sun-Times or, like, the money I'm making with the Sun-Times, I'm in a place where that just goes right to the bank. That's right into a savings account. Because you never know, right? The cool thing is, is that I'm developing another skill and I really enjoy doing it. I'm actually, when I finish this pod, I'm going to edit my column to send in to the Sun-Times for Wednesday. It'll be about the Bulls, by the way. There's so many people who waited and who wait on, well, I don't know if I want to do a podcast or I don't know if I want to do a sub stack. You could just start it. And then you can figure out, do you want to do it once a month? Do you want to put out something a couple times a week? You can figure out your own schedule. But owning your own stuff, man, like I, I, I liken it to uh, <laughs> Prince talking about owning your own master copies of your music. It's similar to that to me. And it's okay that if if you want to work with the record companies or big box media, just know that at this point you can press your own wax. You know, my, my brother is like this in the house music industry. Like, he literally has pressed his own records. And you can do that when you have ownership and you can... Direct to seller. We live in that space now where all this stuff, like no matter what your fan base is, your fan base can be 50 people. If it's 50 dedicated people to what it is that you're about, you can serve them and service them by having your own thing. So, look, I know that I went really long in the last one. I'm not going to do that in this episode. I'm just going to tell you that that's part of what I'm on. Like, those are the things that I think are helpful when trying to figure out what are some of the, the, the ebbs and flows, the contraction and expansion of media, sports media in particular, in 2023. Look into it. Honestly, like, I could, I could get you started on a podcast for like $200. Like it doesn't take that much. You probably have all the equipment that you need as you're listening to this. Like if that's something that you wanted to do, if you wanted to step up the level of it, like I have a Rodecaster, for example. I really like it. And it was only $500. And now I I don't know how I lived without it. So it's true. But it, it could be very easily done You could start your podcast and you could join Libsyn or Red Circle or Squarespace. 
and get your stuff out there and get it published. Whatever it takes. You may not think that that $20 or $50 or $80 ad buy that pops up because your your podcast is gaining traction like that it mean but it all adds up. And what I don't want is for people to not have a space of their own and I don't want you to end up in a position where you don't have you don't have money for gas. You don't have money for groceries. Eggs is out here costing a grip right now. You'd be surprised how that amount of money that you're probably not even thinking about because you have like another job or whatever can end up being significant in in your survival and make you feel like, hey, I got I got some money coming in. And that's cool. And that's what's up. So there. I just wanted to offer a little bit more in-depth solution, problem-solving type stuff to go with the conversation that we had last week. All right? So thank you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate all of my people inside the industry that listen to the podcast and think that my opinion is worth a damn um and i like when they're the people that really do believe that things are going to be okay i'm cool with that too it doesn't take much to refill my hope bucket i hope they're right and i hope that i'm wrong but as i said before if i'm wrong the worst thing that happened is that you made and saved a little bit of money right and that's not a bad thing I will talk to you next time. I got some great guests lined up over the next month or so. I promise you, you're going to enjoy it. And I'll jump in from time to time on topics like this, too, as they warrant. Have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.